0: You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get ready for Bears versus Packers. Welcome into the Locked On Bears podcast, brought to you this week by Mac Weldon. I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm an analyst for Pro Football Focus, and I'm the managing editor of Bears Wire. Part of the USA Today Sports Media Group. I'm here to bring you your daily Chicago Bears news and analysis. And today is the first crossover Wednesday of the NFL season. I'll be joined by Peter Bukowski, the host of the Locked On Packers podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network, and he's going to give us the lowdown on everything going on in Green Bay and his perspective heading into the week one matchup. Now, I know some of you have been listening for a long time, have heard Peter Bukowski on this podcast in the past. I know you don't like hearing the Green Bay Packers perspective all that much, but give Peter a chance here because he comes at it from a a very objective standpoint. He gives the Bears a lot of credit. He certainly has his opinions on where their strengths and weaknesses lie, but spoiler alert, he's not all in on the Packers in this game. So with that... Let's bring in Peter and have a little back and forth preview of week one. So, Peter, I'm sort of left kind of wondering how the offensive development is going to go in Green Bay, you know, when it comes to Matt LaFleur's offense and Nathaniel Hackett, because, you know, I think there's some concerns on the outside that the offense he was running in Tennessee, because he had Marcus Mariota as his quarterback 50% of the time, because he was struggling to stay healthy, you know, how good of a play caller. Do we know Matt LaFleur is? He certainly has the background in terms of that. You know, there's also, I think, some questions about the receiver depth behind Devontae Adams in Green Bay. Where where does sort of the the Packers offense stand in terms of, you know, how much better will they be from last year, just purely from the subtraction of Mike McCarthy versus trying to figure out what Matt LaFleur is going to be?
1: Yeah, you know, Lauren, this is um, one of the most exciting times to cover the Packers because, you know, for a long time we knew every week what the Mike McCarthy offense was going to look like. And unfortunately for Green Bay, so did every defense. And it it became predictable, it became stagnant. I wish I could give you a clear answer about what the offense was going to look like and what it it is going to be related to what Kyle Shanahan's offense looks like or what Sean McVay's offense looked like. We know that that is the tradition that he came from, that he cut his teeth under Mike Shanahan, was on that Washington staff with Kyle Shanahan, the quarterback coach in Atlanta when Matt Ryan was the MVP offensive coordinator in 2017 in L.A. when Jared Goff had his breakout season when Sean McVay was becoming, you know, the boy wonder genius of the NFL. Well, was Matt LaFleur a product of those systems or was he helping to drive them? We don't know the answer to that yet. Now, what we, we we do think is the case is he is going to call on a lot of those same concepts. It's gonna be everything is gonna be based on an outside zone run. That is where every play starts. Then there's gonna be an action off that and there's gonna be a shot play off that look. Just that look, every formation, every look is gonna basically have those three core tenets and then you can build the offense from there. In terms of sequencing plays, That this offense is built for that. So when you have that base run, you might run it twice just to give the defense that look. They're, they're willing to just eat plays. There was a great sequence. Ben Fennell did a great job diagramming in, in the athletic in the preseason. Out of a three-receiver set, they ran split zone on two straight plays. And, you know, they picked up some yardage. That wasn't the point. On the third play, they run that split zone. The defense commits to it, opens up the middle of the field, and they're able to hit a post for 20 yards. Those are the kinds of things you're going to see in this offense. Now, can Matt LaFleur handle... You know, a defense that's going to react, you know, this way and then that way. Those are questions that that we just don't have answers to. Uh, you know, I'm, one of the first games I went back and watched when the Packers hired Matt LaFleur was Titans Patriots. And he had an outstanding game plan for the Patriots. Brian Flores is a head coach now. And Bill Belichick, I don't have to list off his bona fides. He had a great game plan that was based off tendencies because he knew the Patriots would know their tendencies. And so he created shot plays and even some trick plays. They ran a variation of the Philly special against New England uh, and called it almost as a troll, it seemed to me. I mean, I I paused the tape and started laughing because I was just like, I can't believe Matt LaFleur called a play to troll the Patriots because that's what he did. And those kinds of things are there. Can he do that while he's being a head coach? Can he manage Aaron Rodgers? Can he manage the, the workload of Aaron Jones and Devontae Adams and all that stuff? We don't we don't know the answer. That's what makes this season really fun if you're a Packers fan or if you're someone like me who, who gets to follow the team and dissect what they do every week professionally.
0: Yeah, and I think there's some similarities there, not, not in terms of the inexperience, but in terms of some of the unknowns and the excitement. When you compare it to like – Chuck Pagano taking over Vic Fangio's defense. And there was like an ESPN article recently where like Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan, and I think it was Matt LaFleur actually.
1: Matt LaFleur, yeah. You know,
0: all three said, and you know, they were asked who's the most difficult uh, defensive coordinator to go up against, and they all said Vic Fangio first and you know, listed a couple others anyway. But it was clear that the Packers might be glad there's a different defensive coordinator calling the shots in Chicago. And, you know, I think. Bears fans have some reason to be excited, but it's sort of this unknown of, like, what is Chuck Pagano going to do with this Bears defense? Because everybody thinks back to 2011 when he was with the Baltimore Ravens and they had a really strong defense, but then he goes to Indianapolis, really doesn't get much defensive talent from Ryan Grigson and, you know, the drafts repeatedly failing and how much influence he had on that, we don't really know. But regardless, the the statistical pro- pro- uh, production of that defense, not up to par, where he would like to see it for your defensive coordinator. But the idea, he comes to Chicago, he has, he inherits literally the number one defense in the NFL, you know, with some of the most talented players at their positions with Khalil Mack and Eddie Jackson, et cetera, that maybe it'll be more like the 2011 defense. Maybe he'll... Be a little bit more aggressive in terms of blitzing and, you know, bringing more guys from the back end and leaving perhaps some more vulnerability in coverage in that regard, but trying to dial up the pass rush in different ways. I mean, when we know he has a tendency to do some pre-snap shifting with guys, whereas Vic Fangio was one who he's going to line up his front seven, and you know Akeem Hicks is going to be at the three technique, Eddie Goldman's going to be at the one technique, and Khalil Mack and Leonard Leonard Floyd are going to be on their edges, and nothing really moves until after the snap when you see the different stunts and twists of where guys are going to come, whereas Chuck Pagano, he'll line his guys up, and then with you know, a few seconds left on the play clock or however far into the play clock they want to call it, they'll make a last-second shift where, you know, your nose tackle will shift three spots over and your defensive end will stand up and your inside linebacker will go outside or your outside linebacker will go in and just try and confuse opposing offensive lines right before the snap so they don't have enough time to change their protections and get everything squared away and I think it's more effective against younger quarterbacks than Aaron Rodgers but you know it's still different wrinkles I think that we're going to see from Chuck Pagano and I, I do really see a, a chess match here of the Packers don't really know what Chuck Pagano is exactly going to do against them defensively while the Bears don't really know what exactly Matt LaFleur is going to do against them offensively they know the players They know the personnel, a lot of the same guys from previous years, but how they're going to be deployed, that's going to be fun to watch. And if you want to make week one even more fun to watch, then you need to check out the huge week one contests available by DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy football. Thursday night when Chicago and Green Bay kick off the season, they have a single-game showdown with $2.5 million in total prizes all up for grabs. It's really easy. You just draft six players from the season opener, just players in that game. You don't even have to take any of Peter's Packers. You can stick with all Bears players. All you have to do is stay under the salary cap and then just see how your team stacks up against the competition. Download the DraftKings app now and use code LOCKEDON. For a limited time, both new and existing users can get a special deposit bonus of up to $500, and new users can Don't miss this extra special week one bonus, enter that code LOCKEDON and get a free shot at $1 million with your first deposit. That's code LOCKEDON only at DraftKings, the leader in one day fantasy football. Minimum $5 deposit required, deposit bonus requires a 25 time playthrough, eligibility restrictions apply, see DraftKings.com for details.
1: What I think is going to be interesting is this offense as a foil for the Chuck Pagano defense because Aaron Rodgers, if if what you want to do is is get confusing and and try and, you know, game the offensive line and trick the quarterback, Rodgers is just going to go up and quick count you and see if you can handle it. Are you still going to shift or are you going to play your responsibilities? Green Bay's offense is going to have a lot of motion. It's going to have a lot of ideas or uh formations. And then into motion that is meant to reveal coverage. Can the Bears do what they want to do pre-snap while also adjusting to what Green Bay wants to do? These are, you know, these are chess match things that that we don't really know about. And you know, it's going to be the first quarter. I think is going to be very much a feeling out process. I, I would not be surprised if the first quarter uh, is is pretty wild. Whether that means you know high scoring or you know big plays, I don't I don't know. Uh, but I, I think it's going to be a little bit crazy to, to see. I, mean, I am interested, though, in in your perspective on you know what you expect from this offense because Mitch Trubisky in year two, the the reports out of camp, not the best um, from Mitch, but they love David Montgomery. Uh, the the tight end position should be a little bit better. The offensive line is is solid. Um, they, they like Riley Ridley. I mean, it seems like they've got a, a deep receiver pool. I don't I mean, Javon Weems would be probably playing wide receiver three, wide receiver four on most teams, and I don't know where he's gonna get snaps in Chicago. Where is this offense right now?
0: To start, we don't know whether Trey Burton, the tight end, is gonna be active for the game. He's limited with a what was off season sports hernia surgery. It's still listed as a groin injury. So it's very unclear if he's gonna be good to go for the Thursday night game. But Other than that, you know, you should see a pretty full arsenal of Chicago Bears weapons. Like Aaron Rodgers, Mitchell Trubisky didn't throw a pass attempt in the preseason. He played three snaps in the first preseason game, handed it off all three times. So we haven't seen him throw necessarily either. And it's still largely going to be the same things we saw last year. I think some new wrinkles there and some feeling like you can roll a little bit deeper and and not just have to keep Allen Robinson on on the field for every play and get Anthony Miller more involved in different ways and obviously do more things with your running backs out of the backfield. But there is some concern as far as how much depth they're going to have to work with at the tight end position. So I would expect as the Bears sort of slow things down here with Mitchell Trubisky, I, I would expect things to not go too over the top in terms of fancy plays or trickeration or anything like that. I think they're going to try and stick to some of their basic stuff, at least at first, to sort of get him comfortable, get him in a rhythm. Because yeah, the reports on of training camp were... You know, some turnovers and some forced balls, but all, all along, Matt Nagy tried to emphasize that that was part of the plan. You know, it's what they did with Patrick Mahomes last preseason where, you know, training camp and preseason, throw your passes, test your arm, test what kind of windows you can hit and how tight coverage is too tight for you to be able to throw that in a regular season game. And then sort of once training camp was done and the preseason were on, the Bears really scaled everything back and sort of focused just on sort of the bread and butter plays of their offense to try and be able to work through them more quickly quickly. quickly and really sort of master their go-to options before they sort of build it back out from there. So I would expect them to still be in the building it back out process, and that'll mean some new wrinkles here and there, but for the most part, trying to stick to some of the basic stuff and letting the playmakers really take the onus you know Mick Trubisky doesn't have to complete you know 30 of 35 or 35 of 40 and you know carry this Bears team to 350 yards and however many touchdowns to win this game the idea should be to again always try and make it as easy on the quarterback run the ball well and hope that the defense can you know they don't have to generate three turnovers off Aaron Rodgers but they can just hold drives to field goals instead of touchdowns and keep giving the Bears offense opportunities to stay in the game and and keep fighting back in the game, I think that's sort of where the Bears are going to feel most comfortable. And the the more pressure in terms of game situation that ends up on Mitchell Trubisky, I I think the less comfortable you're going to see this Bears offense go. But from a pressure standpoint, defensively for the Packers, you know, you you get guys like Zadarius Smith and Preston Smith in there. I know pass rushing last season and in recent seasons hasn't been a, a strong point, I'll say, of this Green Bay Packers defense. Mitchell Trubisky pretty well protected in the two packers games last season overall not a ton you know some blitzes here and there but pressure on a per snap basis not off the charts obviously an upgrade in green bay with the smiths but how how different will that be you know even with the defensive line and a couple of changes
1: on the interior there so when you go back to that week 1 game especially uh, I, I don't know how much really can be instructive from their their late season matchup. I believe that was week 15 last year because the Packers, their defense was absolutely decimated by injuries. Uh, They were not able to do defensively the things that they wanted to do schematically. But when you look at week one last year, Mike Patton said, we're going to play nickel, we're going to play dime. We're going to sit in coverage and we're going to dare Mitch Trubisky to beat us, number one. And number two, if Matt Nagy wants to run the ball, God bless him. And Matt Nagy did run the ball a little bit. They ran the ball with great effectiveness, but they got a little bit impatient. And if there was one criticism I'd had of of Matt Nagy last year, it was that he did not lean enough on his backs um, with with the, the inconsistent play of Mitch Trubisky. I think what you're going to see this year is a very similar game plan in terms of nickel, big nickel with three safeties, uh, dime, and now – the difference this year is when the Packers rush four or the Packers rush five, it's not just the interior guys who can get home. They have guys on the edge who can who can threaten the quarterback, who can push the pocket. They can play Sedarius Smith or Preston Smith or Rashawn Gary at the three technique. They can blitz them inside. I don't think you're going to see a ton of blitzes, but I think you're going to see them play coverage The difference this year is they can actually get home with four, whereas last year they really couldn't. And so Trubisky, you know that that first drive, he was able to sit back there and make throws. Second drive, able to sit back there and make throws. Green Bay wasn't able to get home. In the second half, they were able to create some more pressure. I mean, the game should have been over uh, on the Clay Matthews pressure if he just lets up a little bit. He creates, you know, the, the the penalty that turns into the interception. That would have sealed the game had he not hit Trubisky late. So the Packers are more equipped to play that kind of game and say, look, if you want to hand the ball to David Montgomery 25 times, be our guest. That is absolutely the way that I think that they will approach this game. And I think, frankly, it's the right way to approach this game.
0: And you and I both know the best way to approach this game is to bet on my bookie. It's fast, it's easy, and they pay when you win. Because let's face it, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. And my bookie has tons of different ways to have action on this game. Of course, there's the traditional spread where the Bears are three-point favorites at home. And your over-under is set at 46.5 currently at my bookie. But they also have first-half spread of thinking the Bears will be minus 2.5 there with the first-half line with an over-under set at 23 for that first half. But you can go even deeper. Prop bets on who's going to score a touchdown in this game. Lots of ways to play and win big at MyBookie. Join now and MyBookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code LOCKEDON to activate the offer. That's promo code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, LOCKEDON. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid.
1: I can't have you on and not discuss the major touchstone of the offseason between Packers and Bears fans and that is the exchange of safeties. Uh Adrian Amos comes to Green Bay and Haha Clinton Dix goes to Chicago. So my position on this uh has has been clear all offseason and and I've I've you know I've I've heard from Bears fans about this. I don't know if you know that. Um uh, but my, my position has been, look, Adrian Amos may not have been an integral part of the Bears' defense, but he comes to Green Bay and solidifies a position of need in a major, major way, and that Haha Clinton Dix goes to Chicago as a, in my opinion, an obvious downgrade. He may make a couple more interceptions, but he's going to give up way more plays, and although I think those mistakes that he makes – will be less magnified than they were in Green Bay. It is still clearly a downgrade in consistency and reliability in that Chicago defense, which I think by the way will still be really 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 good. Am I where, where are you on all of this? Well, of course there's no room for that kind of nuance
0: on Twitter, so I understand why your mentions have been such dumpster
1: fires. No. That was way more than 200 and whatever 80 characters.
0: <laughs> no, so I'm with you in that I I agree that Adrian Amos is a better football player and that there is overall I think a downgrade there. But it is hard to compare because they're so different in their style of safeties. Yep. They're almost as as different as you can get in terms of, you know, deep safety who roams around the field and goes, takes chances and makes plays on the ball versus a guy like Amos, who's more of a box guy who could play some of the slot covers really well underneath and just doesn't make mistakes. I mean, that's what makes Adrian Amos so good is that he just doesn't make mistakes. And maybe the, the team he was playing around helped with that, but uh, you still saw guys surrounding him making mistakes and him really not doing that. So I, I think he'll be a great upgrade for green Bay in that regard. And, and I don't, I don't have a good sense of how HaHa Clinton Dix is still supposed to work in Chicago. That's the one big question this offseason that hasn't really been answered through the preseason. I don't know how you have HaHa Clinton Dix and Eddie Jackson both be in the best positions for them to be successful because they both do a lot of the same things really well. And you can't just play two deep safeties all the time. I mean this is under Vic Fangio very much a single high safety team. They'd they'd rotate them in different ways and roll them and try and disguise their coverages, but it's a cover three, cover one defense through and through. And I'm not expecting Chuck Pagano to change that drastically. Maybe maybe more two deep looks and, and other types of zones in that regard, but I, I don't trust Clinton Dix coming down in the box a ton to to make plays in in the running game. I don't know how great he is as a slot cornerback either, but I don't want to take Eddie Jackson away from the deep middle of the field where he's most effective. And he did play cornerback at Alabama, so I, I feel more comfortable with him being able to cover guys one on one. We've seen him do that, you know, over the last couple of years in Chicago. But it just it doesn't feel like as ideal of a of a scheme fit together with Clinton Dix and Eddie Jackson, and and that's what concerns me. You know, even more so than just the concerns about Clinton Dix and some of his inconsistencies. I I do think he should be fine. I don't think he's going to make this defense considerably worse. I I do think it's a step down, but I think it's a a step that they can afford and that they can cover in some ways. But I think that's the big challenge for Chuck Pagano that we haven't really gotten a straight answer on how exactly that dynamic is going to work and and how well his ideas are going to play out.
1: All right, did you hear that, Packers and Bears fans? Lauren and I, we adjudicated it. It's been decided. We don't need to we don't need to argue about it anymore. Okay? This is it. We're done.
0: I don't know why people are so quick to like all of a sudden, Adrian Amos leaves, and it's like, oh, well, he sucks. He was a good player for the Bears for like three or four years. I mean, give the guy some credit. I, n- I never got that.
1: Listen, fan is short for fanatic, so that's just that's just the reality of where we are. So, you know, we're we're still there's still some time here. We we don't quite know who who is all going to play and who isn't going to play, and we may not know until game time with some of these guys. But just give me your feel for for what's going to happen here. Um, you know, you make your prediction.
0: Boy it's tough week one, especially when there's so many unknowns with these two teams. And I think each side has all the reason in the world to feel optimistic and feel like they're going to win this game. So I I have to lean Bears coming off a 12 and four season and and Green Bay I think having more unknowns and more question marks it, I, I have less confidence you know believing in those unknowns and those question marks even though they could very well end up being an advantage because they're unknowns and question marks to the Bears as well but I do think the Bears are going to throw some different things at Green Bay so I, I'm expecting a little bit more of a lower scoring game as, as teams try to figure them figure each other out and you know gear up for the regular season so you know I would go something like Bears 20, Packers 17, or Bears 21, Packers 20. I think it's really less than a touchdown difference, and it probably comes down to the end. Maybe there's a miraculous comeback drive by somebody somewhere, but I, I do think the Bears are just a little bit more solid, a little bit more stable, and a little bit more consistent. You know, We know, we know much more of what they are, and I, I would lean on that more than more of an unknown in Green Bay for me.
1: Well the good news is if the Bears need to make a last second field goal they're they're totally wrapped up there not a problem they got it.
0: <laughs> Carly Lloyd is available. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> what about you? Where do you stand on a prediction?
1: Well, so I am I'm, I'm very much in lockstep with you. Uh, I, I think, you know, it's going to be in Chicago. I think it's going to be incredibly loud. I think I think Matt Nagy is going to have some specials which I'm excited to see. Uh, you know, he always has, you know, I think he has two or three every game that he's he's got in play. I think he may have something ready for Green Bay, but I think Green Bay is going to have some stuff ready for Chicago, too. So I think it's going to be a back and forth game. I, I don't I, I think I could see it being one of those like 17, 14 games, but I, I could also very much see like 31, 28 with a bunch of big plays and just a, a lot of craziness. I will not predict the Packers winning. I will not be surprised if they win. I think the Bears until further notice, have to be considered the better team, and so right now, as we stand here this week, you know, I, I think the Bears are going to win. Uh, I would, I would expect them to win, but I will not be surprised at all if Green Bay plays well at the very least, and I certainly won't be surprised if they win.
0: Wow, what a level-headed and regimented take! Not, not even no, no flames from Peter Bukowski in the in the game prediction, Peter. That's a. Uh, I, I was surprised. I was hope, I was wondering if you'd come and say, you know what? No, this Packers team is going to kick some ass, and this offense is going to light them up on defense. But no, it, it's going to be a really fun game to watch. And I, I think it's clear that these two teams are, are neck and neck for Week One, and, and probably going to be neck and neck for the season.
1: Absolutely, it's it's they are the co favorites. I think in the NFC, Vegas agrees that they're they're pretty close in terms of the quality of the team. Bears are three-point favorites at home. That's what you know. Two even teams are, so you know it's it's going to be fun, and and it is it is not going to decide the season. So you know whoever loses is not going to feel like you know we uh, you know our season's over. There's a, there's a lot of football to be played, and I think that that late season matchup, that one could be a lot more in terms of what's on the line for the division, what's on the line in the NFC playoff picture. This is going to be a fun story to follow all season, no question.
0: And I think Bears and Packers fans
1: can all agree that uh,
0: the Minnesota Vikings are clearly in third here.
1: <laughs> and, yeah, and the Lions do, do not even bear mentioning. Lauren, this is great. Can't wait for Thursday. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll check back with you later in the season.
0: Thanks again to Peter Bukowski for joining us on this Crossover Wednesday edition of Locked on Bears. If you enjoyed our conversation, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast to keep up with all of our daily Bears news and analysis. You can like Locked on Bears on Facebook. You can follow Locked on Bears on Twitter at Locked on Bears. And you can follow me on Twitter at Cox Sports and the number one for even more Bears talk. I hope you're just as excited as I am for the start and return of Chicago Bears football really just makes you wanna bear down.